welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be breaking down Season 1, Episode 2 of Adults Adopting Adults. I came across this show and I was not at all familiar with the concept of adult adoption and I was really intrigued by it. I wanted to see what it was really about, the dynamics, the reasons uh, adults want to be adopted as adults, by adults. I can understand feeling alone, wishing you had close family bonds, a constant home you can go back to for support. And I understand that it's hard not having those things. And I can understand really, really wanting support and feeling like you need support. But I also am really not sure if adult adoption is the answer to feeling the love and support you don't have within your birth family, or if things like moving into your new adopted parent's home as an adult would be the answer. But I wanted to be open-minded and see how the adult adoption affects both the adoptees and the adopters and the relationship between the adult couple who will be absorbing a fully grown adult into their lives and in some cases into their homes. With one couple, Danny and Christy, I see obvious parallels to Cody and his narcissistic traits. And Christy, his wife, admits Danny must always have his way come hell or high water, and he doesn't listen to or consider her feelings, input or communication. It made me want to watch more, so on to the second episode. This episode starts in Ohio with Christy, Danny, and Ileana. Danny says he has spoken freely about his past indiscretions in his relationship. He says, I cheated on my wife with another woman, and he's not proud of it. He's disgusted by the person he was. However, he apologized to his wife, and he still continues to pay that price every day. Danny is cooking for Ileana as his wife is crying in her bedroom. Ileana has concern on her face, and Danny assures her his wife will be okay. She doesn't want him to share about their relationship. Ileana says, that's fine, that's private between the two of them as a couple. She seems to understand appropriate boundaries, and Christy also seems to understand. But I get the feeling Danny doesn't consider boundaries of what's appropriate, he just does as he pleases. Danny insists that Ileana is moving as a family member, so he wanted Ileana to know about everything. Ileana looks incredibly uncomfortable. She is 20 years old, in the U.S. for the first time, moving to the U.S., supposedly to be adopted by Danny and Christy. And she is about a month from her due date, and the look she has, as Danny insists he wants her to know about his personal and private relationship issues, will be in the thumbnail. I mean, you can see the concern in her eyes and the just how cringe and uncomfortable she feels in that moment. The discomfort is obvious on her face, yet Danny continues. He doesn't notice. He continues saying, I wanted you to know our marriage is incredibly stressed. Ileana says she has a father-daughter bond with Danny. They talk about everything and they are light and they make fun. They have jokes. But with Christy, Danny's wife, she hasn't yet established a good connection. Ileana says she won't interfere with that situation between Danny and Christy, that they should discuss it between themselves. She's 20 and she knows it's not her place. Christy knows it's not appropriate to involve Ileana. Danny seems to want to triangulate her desperately. I would feel so uncomfortable being Ileana about ready to give birth at 20 years old, knowing if I don't accept this, I'll be homeless with no one back home. I would have to be on the street. Danny finally decides to go find his wife to see if she will join them to eat. He asks Christy how she is. Christy is in tears and frustrated. She says she is struggling to recover. Danny assures her it's fine and he isn't upset, as if he's giving her grace by not getting upset. She did not react as he wanted her to. Christy says she is trying not to bash her husband on national television. 
Christy, you don't even need to bash Danny. He is making his own bed for the viewers to see with his words and actions. You can say nothing and everyone will see the character of who your husband is. Danny lets Christy know she can say anything she wants. My guess he wouldn't is he wouldn't be cool with it if she was honest once the cameras stop rolling. I'm really not liking the dynamic and I get the vibe Danny is extremely controlling and ego-driven and, narciss- and he has narcissistic tendencies and I'm really hoping Christy decides to throw in the towel. She deserves better. Danny lets Christy know breakfast is done. Will she join them? And Christy agrees she will join them and he warns her, but it's right now. Like she better move now. It almost felt like he was letting her know like he expects her to go, you know, right away. Almost as a warning that if she's joining them, she must do it right away to his liking as he wants. She says fine and joins Ileana and her husband. Christy explains that she likes things to happen organically and naturally and she doesn't like forcing issues and letting the chips fall where they may. She says she always has said she didn't get married to get divorced, but she didn't get married to fight with someone. But Danny refuses to listen, so they end up fighting constantly. Ileana explains that when she grew up, she was in a homeless shelter for a very long time, and she says without the help of Danny and Christy, she'd be on the street. So she's very grateful, and she's willing to do anything she has to to stay. She has no other option, and she is due shortly to have a baby. So Danny and Ileana are eating, and Ileana says that the food needs salt. And periodically, I see Danny take these. They're very slight digs, but they're still digs. Ileana says that the food needs salt, so Danny says, you are my daughter, because he loves salt, and he gets up to get salt, and then he says, Chrissy doesn't like salt at all. She doesn't eat salt at all on anything, as if that's something negative. Chrissy says Danny has a pattern, and when he is interested in someone else, other than Christy, Christy doesn't matter at all to him. As long as things go well for him and the person he's involved with, that's what matters, and Christy becomes non-existent to Danny, her husband. Who does this remind you of Sister Wives fans? I really see that Danny and Cody operate in similar ways. Their wants and needs are most important and the wife doesn't matter or count. She is just there and expected to get everything done like the hired help. And to make sure that that is done the exact way the husband wants. Next, we go to Ojai, California and we meet sisters Felicia and Tani who will be adult adopted by Jenny and Michael. We learn this is the third attempt for them to be adopted. Four years ago, Felicia had a court date to legalize the adoption, but it was short notice. And Jenny, her adoptive mom, had work and she could not take off. Jenny and Michael have been married 35 years and they never had biological kids. Jenny knows that Felicia's feelings were hurt when she could not take time to attend the hearing at short notice, but she's the owner of a cafe and she was the only one there. She had to work. There was a second hearing scheduled in 2017, but then there was a massive wildfire and everyone had to evacuate. So that date also was canceled. Tawny is Felicia's younger sister, and she says wanting to be adopted as an adult is about completing the past and being claimed and feeling like she has a home and a family and a mom and a dad. Felicia says being loved is healing and it's fun to have the choice to get to pick who your parents will be. Everyone in the family is choosing to be there. I really thought that that was beautiful because in a family that you're born into, you really don't get to pick your parents, your siblings, the dynamics, what you're subjected to. But this seems like a healthy, loving, supportive family system with a healthy dynamic. And it really feels very authentic. Everyone wants to be there. They are choosing to be there and to invest in each other's lives. 
We learn that back in the high school days, Jenny and Michael were friends with Felicia and Tawny's biological mom, but their mom had issues with substance abuse and partying. Felicia is seven years older than Tawny, and when she was a baby, she stayed with Jenny and Michael a lot. The first seven years of her life were rough. There was alcohol and drugs, and her bio mom made the choices of an immature young woman and not a mature adult who had the capacity to raise kids. When Tawny was born, Felicia felt she had a reason to live. She was Tawny's mini-mom until she was about 10 years old, and Tawny was about three, and the state came in and they were removed from their bio mom's care. Jenny and Michael then stepped in and got their foster license so Felicia could be with them, and they said they would never want Felicia to go to a stranger's house. This level of support and compassion and the fact that Jenny and Michael were willing to go out and get a foster license to be there and provide stability and love is, I mean, it's the definition of unconditional love and compassion and empathy and nurturing. I thought this was amazing. It's really everything that warms the heart. They fostered Felicia from 10 to 18 years old, and they wanted Tawny as well, but Tawny has a different biological dad than Felicia, and Tawny's dad wanted her, so they weren't able to foster both girls together as they would have wished. Tawny has been estranged from her dad for a while now, and she doesn't want to tell him about the adult adoption. Tawny says growing up with her dad was chaotic and unstable. She wasn't properly cared for or bathed or put in clean clothes. Tawny called Felicia at the age of 12 and Felicia picked her up from her bio dad's house and that was the last time that she had seen him or been in his house. Felicia got custody of Tawny at 12 when she was 19 years old and Michael and Jenny stepped in to help her out. Felicia explains that when you're a kid you can have an abusive parent and you will still love them. That's very true. We learn that the bio mom unfortunately passed away in 2014. And Tawny was about 21 when her mom passed away and she carries a lot of guilt about it and it's a sore subject because her mom used to regularly threaten suicide and she never went through with anything. And this time she texted Tawny and Tawny told her she couldn't deal with it. She had stuff to do. She was busy to call her sister Felicia. And she carries a lot of guilt because the next day she learned from Facebook that her mom had actually um, committed suicide. Jenny hopes that adult adopting the sisters will give them closure and a new beginning in a sense that they are here to stay. They have a home. Jenny and Michael are here to stay. They're not going anywhere. They will always be there. Michael hopes that the family dynamic gets stronger and stronger. I really admire Michael and Jenny. I think that that's unbelievable. I wish I had people like that in my life. That is amazing. Next up, we go back to Ohio and Danny, Christy, and Ileana. They are walking the property and Danny says... Christy does a great job of maintaining the property. Christy says that because of Danny's past indiscretions in the marriage, she doesn't feel that Ileana will ever be a good fit for their family. But she has a lot of empathy and the empathetic human side of her feels bad for Ileana and her situation, so she is going to do all she can to help Ileana while trying not to be irritated along the way. Danny's family has owned the property for three generations, and Danny points out that Ileana will be the fourth generation and her, her baby will be the fifth. Danny says having someone to inherit the property is part of his motivation for the adult adoption. There are a lot of rundown shacks and buildings on the property and lots of junk, and Ileana seemed kind of shocked by it. We also learn that there is an area where there is a wild pig, so Ileana is instructed to be careful. 
She says, making an online connection and meeting in person, you feel completely different about the person. Right, because online you only get one perception of a person. And remotely, just using FaceTime or the telephone, you get one idea of a person. Maybe you know they're not catfishing you and everything goes great. But you live with a person, you get to know them very well, you see how they live. Then you really know a person. It's going to be completely different than the initial impression that you got. She says, Danny and Christy are not wealthy, but she thinks it's better than living on the street. I wonder if Danny gave Ileana the impression he was Daddy Warbucks and had tons and tons of cash. We learned Danny used to have a survival business teaching survival training, kind of like what the doomsday preppers do, buying shelters and stocking up, having special trailers and having non-perishable food and water in the event that the apocalypse should come. Somehow I'm not surprised. They stop in front of a keep out sign. It's huge. It's red. It's, it seems a little intimidating and it alerts trespassers to cameras being used throughout the property. Ileana asks what cameras in use means she didn't understand. And so Dave tells her he has hidden security cameras monitoring all over the property. Ileana asks why he has all of this security. And Danny says he wants to know everything that goes on and he takes it very seriously. He doesn't want people there when they aren't supposed to be there. I wonder how often in that area do they have people who aren't supposed to be there show up? Ileana seemed very perturbed by this. Ileana is reflecting on this with producers. She says regarding the cameras that she feels nervous being there. She didn't expect the surveillance cameras and she thought things would be different, but she has no choice. She can't change anything. She just has to do it and hope it works, see how it works. I feel for Ileana. I mean, she was homeless and about to give birth and she knows she has nowhere else to go and no one else. So she has to accept a bunch of stuff she is uncomfortable with in order to have a roof and safely have the baby and have everything she needs. And she's only 20 years old. She has a high risk pregnancy. She can't really go out and work right now. So she basically has to put up with this. I really feel as though even though Danny is giving her a roof. He is preying on her need for food, money, and a roof, and her pregnancy, and he can use these vulnerabilities as a way to control. It leaves me feeling incredibly unsettled, because right now he's all about Ileana, but what happens when he finds the next thing? Back to Las Vegas with Kim and her new potential adopted parents. It's the night before the birthday, and Kim can't sleep. She's nervous about telling her childhood adopted mom that she will be adopted as an adult by Vicky and Joe. Kim says her first adopted mom, Valerie, seems to have changed a lot since she was a child, and Kim feels Valerie has grown a lot as a person. Kim is hopeful Valerie will understand, even if the decision to be adopted again hurts her. Valerie is at the birthday, and it will be the first time she meets Kim's new potential adoptive parents, Vicky and Joe. But again, she does not yet know about the adult adoption. Vicky looks forward to meeting Valerie, but she fears what will happen if Valerie finds out about the adoption during the birthday party. She doesn't want to create a commotion. Valerie seems very grateful when she meets Vicky and Joe. She thanks them for being there for their daughter and for the grandkids, and she hugs them very warmly upon meeting them. So far, so good. Joe, Kim's husband, thinks this is awkward, and he's not a fan of awkwardness or confrontation. He plans to swerve away from the awkwardness as much as he can and focus on his daughter. Kim doesn't think the meeting is awkward. She thinks it might be awkward for Vicky, but for her first adopted mom, Valerie, it seems fine. She says she's happy. Joe, her husband, says it's all so weird. He has that right. Valerie asks Vicky what she does with the kids, and she tells her they do crafts, and she made the unicorn centerpieces for the birthday. They do baking. They play games. 
And between her and Kim, they mainly text back and forth and complain about their husbands. Joe, Vicky's husband, says it's awkward because Valerie doesn't know that they are going to adopt Kim. Vicky says Valerie won't understand her adopting Kim, especially in the beginning. She will be hurt and angry, and she understands Valerie doesn't know them. So she doesn't really know their motivations for wanting to adopt Kim. Valerie says because of the state of the relationship between Kim and her first mom, it won't go well. Valerie and Vicky go off to another area, and Valerie tells her she doesn't want Vicky to feel she doesn't like her because she is really thankful Vicky could be there for Kim and the grandkids when she couldn't be, and that it's okay for the kids to have two grandpas and two grandmas on Kim's side. Valerie is glad Kim has someone she can talk to since she's so far away. She says it means a lot. Vicky says Joe and her have wanted grandkids for years. Valerie thanks Joe and Vicky for stepping in when she was absent, but she says it's all better now. She's here from now on. Vicky reflects in confessional that they are not just stepping in or filling in, that they will be there even though Valerie is back in Kim's life. Valerie says she's a different person now and Kim is a different person as well. And she now has them back and they are a family again and they will stay a family. Vicky reflects to producers regarding that, that the whole family is their family now, not just Kim or the kids. That she sees the grandkids and Joe and Kim, all of them as her family now, and that she really see, sees them like they're her family. So when Valerie says things like they're a family again, they're going to stay a family, she's intimidated by that and she feels as though the adoption may not be going through. So Valerie keeps insisting that Kim's family is her family. Back to Ohio, Ileana is going shopping for the baby with Christy and Danny. Danny wants to buy every possible baby thing Ileana will need. He says, God knows how much diapers will cost him over the years. This gives me the weirdest vibe. It just feels very, very, very off. Danny tells Ileana she can get anything she wants in the store. Christy says, with Ileana, it's odd because she can't really relate to her. People have asked Christy if Ileana is her friend, and she doesn't feel like they are friends. Christy isn't sure what they are, and she says there really isn't a category to describe their relationship. She's not even sure that there is one. But she is empathetic to Ileana's situation in life, so she will do whatever she can to help her in that respect. Ileana hasn't spoken to the baby's father since January, and Danny says her baby's father doesn't get to have the privilege of having a child, and Ileana agrees. We learn that she met the father of her baby last year, and they met through an app, and they dated for some time. The pregnancy was unplanned, obviously, and when the guy found out about the baby, he blocked Ileana on all of his apps, all of his social media as well, and they haven't spoken since. Danny asks how long they dated, and she said that they, write, they wrote to each other for about four months prior to meeting in real life, and then they met each other in November. Danny says he has no fear or concern that Ileana will try to have a relationship with the baby's father. He has no fear that she loves the baby's father, and he feels Ileana has dealt with the failure of that relationship. Well, that guy in some way is always going to be in somehow connected to her life, even if he's not involved. He is. He did provide the DNA. He is the baby's father. And at any point when he grows up and matures, he might want to be in her life. We don't really know what that situation really is. Even Danny doesn't know what that situation really is. I mean, this is, it's very weird to me that he's very concerned about the state of Ileana's relationship with the baby's father. He's supposed to be acting like her father and adopting her. 
as a daughter, not concerned, does she still love this person? Does she not? Has she got closer? Does she still harbor feelings? Does she need, he seems very concerned with that. And it's not even, doesn't seem like in a fatherly way. It's very creepy. Anyways, on we move. Danny strictly sees Ileana as a daughter and in a fatherly way. Why is he concerned if Ileana has closure or harbors feelings at all? Danny asks Ileana if she thinks she loved the baby daddy. And she says she had feelings. She liked him a lot, but she's not sure it was love. Love is a big word. Anyways, at this point, they have a cart full of stuff to, filled to the brim with clothes. And Danny says here, he's here to pay for the stuff, whatever Ileana wants. Danny says Ileana is brand new to the United States and she knows no one but them. And she is trying to nest and provide a home for herself and for her baby. And Danny feels it's very important for him to take care of her and of her daughter. Okay, back to Vegas with Kim and Vicky and Valerie at the birthday party. Kim and Valerie are talking about the grandkids and Vicky is sitting off to the side and she is now very worried if the adoption will go through because Kim and Valerie seem to be getting along well. Vicky wonders if it's a show or for real. Vicky says she loves Kim and she never got to have a daughter experience because her daughter was stillborn. Vicky says Kim never got to have a good mother-daughter relationship with her mom. At the end of the day, Vicky wants her to say she tried with her first mom, Valerie, but this is it, that she's firm, that she's made her decision to be adopted. Kim asks Vicky and Joe how meeting Valerie went, and Vicky says it was awkward. She tells Kim how her mom thanked her for filling in when she is not there. It was hard for Vicky, and she wants to be able to say she isn't just filling in, and that, that they aren't just stand-ins. They are the actual grandparents, or they feel like they are the actual grandparents, and that Valerie... Uh, Vicky feels like she is Kim's mom. Kim says her mom has been blaming her dad for her childhood, and part of Kim feels like that's true. Her dad was very abusive and controlling, and her mom fell into that. Vicky tells Kim it looks like they get along great, and it makes her question. Kim doesn't know why Vicky would question things, and Joe, Vicky's husband, asks Kim how she feels about the adult adoption in light of reconnecting with her first adoptive mom. Kim says they were already doing the adult adoption before her reconciliation with her mom. So she's glad that her and her mom are working things out and everything's positive. But Kim tells them that her mom apologized and she told her she knew she hadn't been a good mother to Kim. Vicky says she is sure Kim has always wanted to hear that from her mom, but it's too little, too late. Vicky reflects that when you adopt kids, they deserve to be number one in your life. She says Kim deserves parents that are there for her and that will protect her. Vicky tells Kim they are always there for her. Vicky's biggest concern is that Valerie will take Kim and the grandkids away from them, and that's not okay. She wants this in her life, and she says she needs grandkids now. Kim says she feels her mom did the best she could, and Vicky says, no, it's not right. I feel like if there's no conflict between uh, Kim and her initial birth mother from childhood, then Vicky is going to feel unsure of herself and question everything and doubt it. And I don't see why Kim can't have a healthy relationship with her initial birth mom and also have a healthy relationship with Vicky as well. I think they have a very deep connection and I don't think it takes an adoption paper or anything like that. And I don't think, I think Kim genuinely loves Vicky and Joe and I wish that Vicky would be a little more trusting. Vicky says she doesn't care what other people think. They are a part of this. They are a part of Kim's family, and they refuse to back off. 
I understand that Vicky has invested a lot and she loves Kim and her family, and I do believe she has the best intentions, but I also feel she should accept Kim's feelings regarding her mother and encourage healing if Kim feels like she wants to do that without putting her wants and needs of adopting Kim and having the grandkids on paper over Kim's healing and what Kim wants to do. If she loves Kim, she should put what's healthiest for Kim ahead of her wants, and even if she didn't adopt Kim, she lives locally and it's close. And she's very close with Kim and her family. Adoption or not, that bond will remain. A piece of paper or not, that bond remains. It seems like an odd type of competition and it's very awkward and I don't see how things going well for Kim and her first mom and Kim not being adopted by Vicky as an adult on paper has to change their relationship or bond or investment between Kim and her kids and Vicky and Joe at all. Back to Ohio, everyone is headed to Ileana's first doctor's appointment for the baby. She reveals she hadn't gone regularly at all during the pregnancy so far, and she feels there, if there was something wrong, she would feel it, that she would know because she would feel that something was off. I'd say not necessarily, but we'll see in a little bit. Danny asks Ileana about a tattoo she'd like to get of her baby's footprint. And he asks where she wants to get the tattoo, and Ileana says she likes tattoos a lot and she wants the tat on her arm. Danny says Christy has no tattoos, as if he's putting her down, and he has over three. And Ileana says she's obsessed with tatted guys. Danny jokes, dad bods and tattoos, and Ileana and Danny are all smiles, giggling, laughing, having the best time, as Christy looks totally defeated. I'm really hoping she sees the light. It's better to be alone than to live like that. It seems like a nightmare. Ileana was upfront with Danny about her pregnancy, and Danny is elated to be having a grandchild. Christy accompanies Ileana to her appointment, and as they get in the car to head home, Danny, ever the chivalrous knight, holds the door for Ileana, and Christy jokes, I'll fend for myself, like usual. I wonder when was the last time Danny held the door for his wife. Danny comments to Ileana that Christy will get jealous if he keeps opening the door for her. Danny makes slight digs at Christy with the salt when Ileana said she needed salt, and Dave said Christy dislikes salt, or with the tattoos when he said Christy has none, or even with the door, he commented to Ileana in front of Christy that if he continues to hold doors for Ileana, Christy will be jealous. It's really, really, really gross behavior and it's manipulative. I I don't know. I'm not crazy about it. It kind of puts her down in, in subtle ways in front of her to do it right in front of her. I mean, this is beyond. I couldn't stand it for a fraction of a second. I don't know how Christy tolerates it or stays. If anything will open her eyes enough to leave, it will be this experience. We find out that Ileana is almost 32 weeks along and she will be due in about a month and she also has a high-risk pregnancy. The baby is very small and underdeveloped for the stage of pregnancy she is in. The appointment today cost thousands of dollars with all the tests and evaluations they did combined, and the doctor has told Ileana that she must have weekly checkups due to the precarious situation the baby is in. Danny says that he'll take care of it, and he tells Ileana to trust him. Ileana will have multiple appointments weekly, and Danny is never home. We find out that he travels most of the time for his job as a trucker. So Christy will be the one chauffeuring Ileana to and fro and covering things financially while Danny is away. Danny insists he anticipated this, and he has a plan. 
His plan, I'm sure, is Christy handling Ileana while he's away most of the time. Christy says she's here to pick up the pieces of the disaster that is left behind. She seems to know Danny might pay, but he won't participate or make the effort. So Christy will be left holding the bag all the time for something she didn't even want in the first place. Christy says Danny doesn't appreciate her. I'm glad that she's voicing that. Back to Vegas with Kim. Kim is talking with her husband who says he thinks it was awkward with her mom and Joe and Vicky at the birthday party. Kim asks why he thinks it was awkward and he says, how can it not be awkward? Kim asks how it would be any different if her husband had brought his mom, so the grandma from his side, to the birthday to meet her mom, that it's the exact same thing. Kim thinks it's the exact same thing and her husband explains that it's different because in that dynamic, one set of grandparents wasn't met through social media. Joe says he isn't the one who has to go to his parents and say they are no longer his parents because he is being adopted as an adult. Kim says she doesn't understand why her husband makes it awkward and points out the awkwardness to her. He explains he did not make it awkward. It was awkward regardless. I'd say it was awkward for sure. Joe says it will resolve naturally, but it's really an unnatural situation. Of course it's an unnatural situation. He's going to be telling her adopted mom who raised her as a, from a child to an adult that she will no longer basically legally be her mom on paper that she is going to have as an adult make the conscious decision to have other parents adopt her so i mean it's very awkward and these are people she met on social media in my opinion i think that joe kim's husband finds this notion of adult adoption in kim's case to be silly or odd but regardless of how he feels about it or how ridiculous he feels it is, what I really appreciate is he really seems to be supporting his wife big time. Joe says he doesn't understand what the difference is between their current arrangement with Joe and Vicky now being in their lives versus going through the adult adoption. It won't really change things practically for any of them except for a piece of paper, and I don't think it's really necessary for Kim to hurt her mom who raised her as a child by doing this. If it was me, I'd keep everything as is with Vicky and Joe and maintain a relationship with my mom to some degree without really needing a piece of paper. But I understand the paper makes it official and it's important to some people. But people evolve with time and life circumstance, so I'd wonder if it was worth it to hurt my mom in that way. Her mom has already evolved a great deal. I mean, I don't know what happened in her childhood. That's not for me to comment on, but her mom has evolved you know, it seems like big time, what's the purpose of really getting it done on paper when nothing has to change in her life and she doesn't have to really hurt her adopted mom who raised her as a child? There's really, what's the need for it? This question, since nothing's really going to change other than a piece of paper, is the piece of, and since she's already an adult, it's not like she's a child, is the piece of paper worth hurting her mom and the suffering her mom will have to go through? Really, the adult adoption paper changes nothing in their lives other than to hurt her first mom. I'm not particularly close with my mom, and there is a lot about my childhood that affected me greatly even as an adult. And I'd love a mother figure or a mother-in-law even where there is unconditional love and accountability and support and just like a home you feel confident you can always go back to. But regardless, I would never be adopted legally by someone else even if I love them more as a mother than my own mom or I have a better relationship, 
I don't know if this is about resentment or maybe for Kim and Joe and Vicky, they need the paper to feel secure that it is a forever attachment that can't be erased or revoked or broken. I can understand that as well. At the end of the day, Kim should do what she wants for herself and really no one can judge. And she should be respected for whatever she decides. But personally, just in my opinion, for me, I wouldn't need the paper. Kim says it makes it more special to her to have the legal adoption and that Vicky and Joe will then be the real grandparents that she sees everyone else have. I think for Kim to feel it is permanent and authentic and unbreakable and for her to really trust it and to, to make her feel like everyone else, like she has that grandparent system and support like everyone else, she really does need the paper. I think that it solidifies it for her or makes it more real. Joe asks how her mom will react when hearing the news, and Kim says her mom might flip out when she tells her about the adoption, the adult adoption. Joe is proud of Kim for telling her mom face-to-face, and he says it takes a lot of courage, and I really don't think that Kim wants to create suffering or conflict or pain, but I think she knows it's inevitable if she is to have this conversation. Joe tells Kim that if her mom flips, he's going to avoid and like step away from that. Kim asks why he always does that, and he explains that those interactions make him very uncomfortable. Kim says Joe is ridiculous and that he's creating a situation out of nothing. I would argue that Joe really is looking at this deeply, considering everyone's emotions in the matter and everyone's perspective. He's able to really put himself in other people's shoes emotionally, and I think that he's able to have foresight based on that, and he's trying to like let his wife know ahead of time this is a possibility of what could happen or how bad it could be. I think it's really amazing that he's so supportive of her in this way because I think that she's the adoption paper doesn't really matter to him and he kind of thinks it's a little ridiculous because nothing would practically change in their lives whether they have the paper or not but he's like still supporting his wife and being really like um rational and also trying to support her needs as well I think that's really great I think that uh that's something to commend But I think Joe really knows that shit will hit the fan and that overall everything can stay as is without changing anyone's investment level in the relationships while also avoiding hurting Valerie. There's really no need for it. Joe thinks Kim needs some perspective and she's walking into this conversation without perspective on how this really could end up. And he warns Kim to be ready for any reaction her mom may have. But Kim insists she's ready. They'll have a drink to ease attention and everything will be fine. Back to Ojai, back to Ojai, California. Felicia is meeting with Tawny to confirm paperwork with the courthouse. She is concerned how Tawny's dad will take the adult adoption. Tawny thinks her dad will be devastated, and if her dad calls, she really doesn't want to answer. In California, an adult adoption can be done without the consent of an existing parent or guardian, so legally her father really won't be involved in the process. Tawny feels vulnerable. She feels towards her dad and F.U. attitude, but also she has a lot of compassion for her dad. She says that there was a lot of chaos and fear and bad stuff around her happening when she was living with her dad, but she goes back and forth. She feels she could have a conversation and have it go well with her dad, but her saying she is getting a new dad and a new family, and in other words, rejecting him as a father, would cause him a lot of pain and heartache, and she knows that. Back to Danny, Christy, and Ileana. Danny has been working as a trucker and has been on the road for most of Ileana's first week in America. I really, really, really feel for Christy. Danny insisted on bringing pregnant Ileana over, who has a high-risk pregnancy with loads of appointments and bills, 
And now Christy is left dealing with a burden she didn't want in the first place while her husband is mostly out of the picture working. I wonder how long she can do this. I would be gone after the first signs of cheating the first time or the first sign of narcissism. The first sign I feel that I wasn't heard, that would be it. I have a feeling this situation will end up being the straw that broke the camel's back for the relationship. But Danny is all smiles elated waiting for his flight for work. He says there have been a few minor bumps, but things are going really well. And Christy is settling in quite well, making a lot of progress, according to Danny. Danny has not a care in the world. He looks absolutely ecstatic, so happy. Then we cut to Christy, sitting in her van, loaded to the rafters with boxes of baby stuff. She's probably going to be the one to assemble. She's in tears. Her face is puffy like she's been sobbing for hours. She looks depressed and sad and alone and miserable. And honestly, it really, it was hard to watch and it really broke my heart. Christy really seems to have a very, very kind heart. And I really think she would be better off alone or finding someone who loves and appreciates her and really sees her and wants to hear what she has to say, considers her, considers her input. In tears, Christy says, Danny is on the road and she is alone taking care of Ileana. She says she spent a lot of money on the baby stuff for Ileana. And Ileana told Christy she isn't happy with the trailer, with the setup of the trailer, and she wants it remodeled. She says the trailer isn't conducive for a baby. Would having the baby homeless on the street be better? I would appreciate the trailer, and maybe she does need a few baby things, and I can understand that, but to just say, demand, like, I want this remodeled, like, otherwise she would be homeless. So she should be happy she has a roof over her head, and she gets to have the baby, and she has people paying her medical bills, and she's complaining about the way the trailer is. I understand needing baby clothes, needing baby equipment, needing baby stuff, totally. But to totally remodel a trailer that Chrissy already got for her and remodeled the best she could, I think that's asking a lot. Danny says, as the three of them merge into one family, it will be wonderful. This guy is totally clueless. Ileana had a doctor's appointment. I'm guessing since Danny is away, Christy chauffeured her and paid as well. And we discover, we find out, unfortunately, the baby is breech. If the baby doesn't come naturally, they're going to have to induce labor in the next two weeks. Danny is all smiles and Christy is in tears. And you can see that this is not healthy or safe for Christy physically, mentally, emotionally, in any way, shape, or form. Christy is still in tears, revealing how Ileana is now more stressed due to the breach, finding out the baby's breach, but Danny is all smiles, and he's talking about how excited he is to be a dad and also a granddad too. Danny seems to not understand how serious Ileana's pregnancy situation is or how much stress and pressure is being put on Christy. All he keeps talking about are his feelings, his joy, his excitement, as Ileana is stressed and Christy is completely sucked dry and in tears. Danny lacks self-awareness, situational awareness, empathy, compassion, emotional intelligence. He doesn't consider his wife's feelings. It feels like he feels she is there to serve him and make his life go as he wants. He only pursues what he wants. He doesn't even seem to grasp the seriousness of the situation Ileana is in with the pregnancy. Christy says it's very challenging. Again, she's still in tears as Danny is sitting in the airport, all smiles, and he says life couldn't be much better for him. It's awesome, he says. It's awesome. Chris, how can it be awesome when your wife is feeling so down and miserable and you, you have the capacity to feel awesome? Wow. Christy says she is positive and supportive and friendly with Ileana and she tries to make things light and joke around. 
but this is really hard. Next, we go back to Vegas, and Kim is finally ready to break the news to her mom about the adult adoption, finally. She's apprehensive, but she hopes it will go well. Kim makes some drinks to ease the tension, and she asks Valerie what she thinks of meeting Vicky and Joe. Valerie says they were fantastic and they are perfect for the kids when she isn't around and there is nothing wrong with having extra grandparents. And she told Vicky not to feel intimidated with her because she is grateful to Joe and to Vicky as well. Kim tells her mom that she was in the process of doing the adult adoption before they reconnected and she lets her know that it has nothing to do with her. Kim says the reason Vicky and Joe are in their lives is they will be adopting her as an adult and her mom automatically starts crying. You can see that she really feels very betrayed and hurt and that it's very painful. She says that if they adopt Kim, then Kim will no longer be her daughter. Kim says legally she won't be her daughter, but she really will still be her daughter. She'll always think of her as her mother regardless. Her mom asks, then why are you getting another mother? And she's crying. She's very hurt. Honestly, it was very hard to watch. Kim asks her mom not to cry. And her mom says, how can I not cry? And she says that at 14, Kim told her she wasn't her mother. And now Kim is telling her she's getting another mom and she's not supposed to cry about it. Kim says she isn't doing it to hurt her. And she didn't expect that they would ever reconcile. Her mom tells Kim she is going to asking her to let go of her as a daughter completely. And she asks why Kim wants to make this change and get adopted as an adult. Kim explains that she was already in the process of doing it before they spoke. That's not really the reason, but that's what she says. The mom tells Kim, even despite all we went through, I still loved you. She asks why Kim didn't tell her before, and Kim explains she didn't want her mom to be hurt by it. Her mom says she feels blindsided and she can't do this and she goes up to her room. She needs space. She needs time, which is completely understandable. Kim asks her mom not to be mad and her mom says that she's crushed. This went about how I expected it to go. To raise a child and guide them and educate them and love them as her own and then to be told, regardless of the mistakes you make, I mean, unless there's really, really like horrible, horrible stuff going on. To be told, I want another woman to adopt me now and be my mom and I'm choosing her and I'm rejecting you. No matter what the dynamic was, it really has to be like completely devastating. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe. Thanks so much for watching Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. I'll be putting up my next recap of episode three very shortly. And I'll also see you Sunday for the one-on-one -on -one special finale for Sister Wives, and for 90 Days on 90 Day with Mary Jane Kay. Thanks so much for watching. Bye.